Hi, my name is Connor Chepnik. Most people call me Chep. Today, I'm going to try and explain why I think all private businesses should add Bitcoin to the balance sheet. And first, I'm going to try and explain this to a child, followed by a teenager and a college student. And then if I'm feeling really good, maybe I'll try and explain it to a grad student. If I was going to explain to a child why I think Bitcoin should be embraced by all private businesses, I'd put it like this. I'd ask them if you had to deal with your teacher that if you got an A on your homework assignment, they'd give you a piece of chocolate. Would you rather have the teacher give that piece of chocolate to your parent to then give to you? So you have to trust that your parent will give you the chocolate when you get that A? Or would you rather the teacher just give you that chocolate right after you got the A on the homework assignment? And the exact same thing can be said for transacting with Bitcoin. Because if you're a private business and you want to run payroll, for example, and pay me, you need to go through a third party, which in the case I just gave you would be your parents. So you need to go through a company like ADP, Rippling, whatever, to pay me. So by using Bitcoin, um, you are able to trade freely, trade much per, you know, permissionless without any third party. And that's why I think it's a beautiful thing for private businesses to embrace Bitcoin. It's also one of these things. If I were to give you one chocolate and I said, don't eat that chocolate for 10 minutes and I'll give you another chocolate. Do you think that you could hold off 10 minutes and wait for two chocolates to double your chocolate? I think most kids, if you spelled it out for them, would have the patience to wait so they could have double the chocolate. And I think a similar thing can be said for Bitcoin, except in the case of 10 minutes, it's more like a couple of years. But if you look at the chart of Bitcoin, had you bought and held for four years at any time period, you would be very much in the green. So that's how I would explain to a child why they should add Bitcoin to the balance sheet or just embrace it as a private business. If I was gonna try and explain to a teenager why I think they should, why I think private businesses should add Bitcoin to the balance sheet, I would go with the example of Venmo. When you go to pay your friends, would you rather do a wire transfer at a bank where you got to pay $30 regardless of whether you're paying 50 or $10,000, or do you just use Venmo? And in the vast majority of cases, teenagers nowadays have adopted Venmo because it's so much easier to transact. You don't have to pay fees. You can spend smaller amounts. It's just a much easier system knowing that when you Venmo your friends, it's easier to split the bill. You can request them. You can do all sorts of different things. The same goes for private businesses and Bitcoin. If private businesses embrace Bitcoin, it's just a superior technology. They can send and receive value between businesses so much easier. And not only that, you couldn't, you know, I live in the USA. I couldn't just go Venmo someone in China. It doesn't work like that, you know. But if I had Bitcoin and I wanted to pay a business in China, as long as they also run their own node or have a Bitcoin wallet or a Bitcoin address, I can send them value without any third party using a peer-to-peer -peer decentralized network. 
And this is such an incredible feat because it's not just, you know, USA to China. It's anywhere in the world. Anyone who's using the Bitcoin network, I can send them value. And if you're a private business, there's just so much to gain. You, you can send and receive value. You can trade with anyone on a global scale. And it just opens up the door so much. So I use the Venmo example because, you know, as a teenager, you're out to eat with your friends. You want to split the bill. You go, you got an easy, nice, easy to use interface. And you you can literally, I think Venmo has a feature where you can split the check now. While Bitcoin doesn't have that, that ability to trade permissionlessly with any business across the world, to send and receive value for a fraction of the fee of what it would cost trying to go through the legacy system is a really important point why I think all private businesses should embrace Bitcoin. And lastly, I'm going to try and uh, share up my screen here because I want to show a PowerPoint presentation I made on why I think private businesses should embrace Bitcoin. So this is the explanation I'd give to grad students why all private companies should embrace Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the first time money has successfully been separated from a nation state. And I think this is a key point because up until now, every single fiat currency in the world is backed by violence. The government has a monopoly on violence. You know, it's how they keep us safe. It's why we have such a big military. And for better or for worse, I think when your currency is backed by violence, it optimizes for growth and profit at all costs. And we're kind of seeing some of these negative effects with many companies, I mean, you name it, all these social media companies out there uh, in some cases have prioritized profit over their users' mental health. Bitcoin is a protocol anyone can join and leave at will to transact without using a third party, meaning it's permissionless. Like I talked about with the children and the teenager examples, it does, there's no third party. You don't have to, in the case, you know, the teacher gives the chocolate to the parent who gives it to the kid. It doesn't happen. We eliminate the banks. We eliminate the third party. We can send and receive value without a third party, peer to peer. What Bitcoin is, is software and hardware using proof of work, mining, energy to secure a global network. What keeps the Bitcoin network running is the fact that people are trying to hash a function so they can add blocks to the blockchain. And what blocks are, are the things that contain all the Bitcoin transaction showing who has what. In essence, Bitcoin is just a big open ledger constantly being verified by people running full nodes like myself who store every transaction and constantly being secured by the miners who are using proof of work energy to secure that ledger. How does it work? Kind of what I just touched on. The nodes run it, the core, Bitcoin core developers keep creating more and more great things for Bitcoin and the miners secure the network and all three have equal say to make sure that everyone is in consensus, the longest chain is right and there is no one trying to change up um, the code for various number of reasons. So Bitcoin was created in 2008 by a pseudo-anonymous person named Satoshi Nakamoto. No one knows if he was a single person, a group, whatever. And Bitcoin actually hit an all-time high right around 69,000 in late October. I just wanted to show this chart of Bitcoin since its inception, kind of drive home the point. If you just buy and hold Bitcoin over time, in the example I gave with, uh, you know, I give you one chocolate, don't eat it for 10 minutes, I'll give you two chocolates. I think this is the same thing with private businesses. If they can hold their corn, you know, their Bitcoin, their corn, if they can hold it on their balance sheet, they will be so much better off 
in the long run. Plus, they'll be able to transact easier with it. I just wanted to throw this slide in here. This is the total market capitalization of publicly listed companies in the US. As you can see in 2008, the equities market was about 11.5 billion. Now it's about 48.5 billion. And this is the equities market. So as you can imagine, I think Bitcoin is also gonna see uh, a pretty pretty rapid growth. In a little over 12 years time, market cap went from 11 point, like I mentioned, which is a 4.25% increase. Uh, Bitcoin went from zero to, at the current day, just under a trillion, but when I made this slide, it was over a trillion dollar asset. So Bitcoin, a global store of value, anyone with an internet connection can access. Bitcoins are traded for fiat currency 24-7-365 across various cryptocurrency exchanges like Coinbase, Gemini, Binance, you name it, which is cool because in the traditional stock market, as I'm sure most of you know, it's only traded during certain trading hours of the day, which I think for better or worse, can lead to manipulation, some other stuff. I think it's more open and honest if stuff traded 24 7, 365. So when news came out in real time, it would be reflected in the price of these various tickers on Wall Street. One thing that's so important to consider is there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. And then when you consider the fact that Satoshi, the pseudo anonymous founder, group of people, whatever, uh, has never moved his Bitcoin. And during the first year, he was the one mining them. So there's actually a lot less than 21 million Bitcoin if you also account for lost keys and stuff like that, which is uh, pretty incredible. One thing I want to point out and why I'm so passionate about Bitcoin is because I think the network effect is such a beautiful thing. First off, now that I'm orange pill, I'm trying to orange pill everyone. And when I orange pill one person, they go off and start orange pilling people. And it's just this vicious effect. And if you look at it in math terms, you can see Metcalf's law states that the value of telecommunications network is proportional to the square of the number of connected users of the system. So in this example, think, you know, network value 10 to the two would be 100, right? But then say you add an 11th person to this network effect, and all of a sudden that's 121, 12 people, 144, and so on. It just grows exponentially. And I think that network effect, you know, in 2011, 2012, 2013, it's a little harder to say Bitcoin is really going to become this global store value because it still has so much to do. And even in 2017, same thing, it crashed. And even today, you know, it's still only right under a trillion dollar asset class, which compared to a lot of other things, isn't that big. But it just seems to keep growing and growing and growing and it grows exponentially. You know, it's like the Internet. And, the, you know, no one thought 20 years ago the Internet was going to disrupt every single company, but it has. Up and to the right. Another great thing about Bitcoin is memes. Memes are so powerful. People love memes. People can get behind memes. Memes are one of the greatest things, you know, like uh, Punk6529 on Twitter says, seize the memes of production. So one thing that is important to note is nothing's perfect in this world. And Bitcoin might be close, but nothing's perfect. And Bitcoin's biggest threat is a 51% attack, which is when more than half of the hash rate mining power is controlled by one party. Um, but one thing that's important to note is even if a 51% attack did occur, all they could really do is the equivalent of bouncing a check so they could reclaim their Bitcoin. But to do so would kind of dispel a lot of faith in the network. So you, even if you did just get your Bitcoin back, you'd essentially cause everyone to lose trust. So it, it doesn't make sense to go through all that pain. You'd just be better off mining Bitcoin and monetizing it and selling it for fiat if that's what you wanted. That was your end goal. And uh, the other beautiful thing, like I kind of mentioned, 
The bigger Bitcoin gets, the harder this becomes since anyone can mine. With a market cap around one trillion, a 51% attack is near impossible. As I talked about a little earlier, memes and culture are so correlated, so powerful. And uh, since Bitcoiners love orange pilling other people with memes and other stuff, uh, I'm very confident in this network effect to make sure Bitcoin keeps growing up and to the right. Little uh, post here you can see on Twitter by a guy named George Mack, who was literally looking for a chief meme officer, which is uh, pretty cool. It's a much cheaper way to fight these big monopolies like Netflix, Amazon, who have giant marketing teams and distribution teams and movie studios and the likes. One thing that's so cool about Bitcoin is anyone can log onto the network with an internet connection. You know, I wanted to show you here. I have my own node. It literally just took a terabyte hard drive, a Raspberry Pi 4, and an Ethernet cable, and uh, the ability to plug into a power outlet. This is the dashboard, super easy to use. Um, and as I touched on a little earlier, full nodes are the one who verify the transactions. You know, I store the entire ledger, the blockchain on this little hard drive right here. And uh, this is how Bitcoin is able to remain decentralized. You know, in 2017, uh, as I understand it, the miners wanted to increase the block side, block size to allow more for more transactions to occur. So it could really be that global reserve currency. Um, but the nodes got together and said, no, we don't want to do this because then it would be over a terabyte, how much storage it would be too much. And then it'd be much harder for people to run their own nodes like myself. And, uh, I'm actually really happy the way it went because this is a terabyte hard drive you're looking at here and had what is Bitcoin cash now become Bitcoin. Had they increased the block size, I would have needed a bigger hard drive to run my own node. So how does this help private business? Well, one thing is I think it could help businesses become a little bit like a decentralized autonomous organization. And now I want to mention every business is optimizing for different stuff. So this argument isn't the case with all businesses. But if you embrace technology like this, I think a lot of people do believe in the ethos. And when you set up your organization to run like a decentralized autonomous organization or a DAO, this flatter structure makes it easier for everyone at the bottom to voice their thoughts, collaborate, like I said, everyone has a different outlook and different thing they're optimizing for. But I do think being a DAO has a lot of advantages and being a Bitcoin from business, I think it's a lot easier to become a DAO. Uh, another great thing is if you're a Bitcoin friendly business, that's a talking point for any sales teams. You know, you, there's this crypto economy is just growing so fast and <laughs> for better or worse, sales is a, a lot of talking good, kind of BS in some ways, but also making sure you deliver value and being able to transact on a permissionless decentralized peer-to-peer -peer network is an incredible thing that is really going to be a huge talking point for any sales team, in my opinion. Obviously, if the price appreciates, the balance sheet grows and vice versa. Red days, in my opinion, are obviously great days to dollar cost average. And if you can be like the kid who waits 10 minutes for the chocolate, you're going to be in a much better spot since Bitcoin has a fixed supply, meaning it doesn't matter what happens on the demand side, the supply is not moving. And uh, I got a feeling a lot of people growing up, hopefully a lot of private businesses will start embracing it. And then, you know, if you want Bitcoin and there's no supply to get Bitcoin, well, then your only options to bid up that price. And that's why we sometimes see these huge price movements up in Bitcoin. And then if you accept Bitcoin, you might be able to pay people in Bitcoin at some point. And uh, you just see so much talent going to the space because people understand smart people, talented people 
understand that a currency backed by open source software and energy is much more altruistic and better than a fiat currency backed by the monopoly the government has on violence. Some challenges. Bitcoin is very volatile. Like I said, if any if any is sold, that is a taxable event. And like I was saying earlier, I'm a big proponent of holding your Bitcoin diamond hands, if you will, because over time, you're very likely to see price appreciation. One question is if you want to custody your own Bitcoin with an institution like Coinbase, or if you want to run your own full node in the office, I highly encourage the latter. But as I mentioned earlier, every business, business is optimized for different things. So you got to make a choice for yourself. As I mentioned earlier as well, Satoshi has never been found, never been identified. And as long as he's not, that's a very strong bullish signal for Bitcoin because there's no one to attack for his personal shortcomings. It's all about the merit of his work, which to date has been the most incredible thing, um, the most incredible work I've ever experienced. I mean, it's literally the thing giving me hope when 6.8% inflation is staring down every single American who isn't filthy rich. And uh, Bitcoin is not backed by anything except miners securing the network for a monetary reward. But in my opinion, this is the most beautiful aspect of Bitcoin because it's truly decentralized. The miners, the nodes, the developers of Bitcoin Core all have an equal say. Anyone can run a node. If you have cheap energy, you can mine. You need to get an ASIC, an application-specific interface computer, I believe. Um, and you need cheap energy. Or if you know how to code, you know, you can start coding on a Bitcoin Core. The world is changing fast. There's no cloud. It's just someone else's computer, which is so true. And running your own node, you could uh, have your own little server. Um, and, you know, there's so many different paths to take with this. But I just think overall, there's so many different ways it can ben benefit private businesses. And uh, if anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, I, I would really love to hear them. I appreciate anyone who took the time to watch this video. And uh, I want to leave you with a quote from Anthony Pompliano. No one talks about the Internet today. There are no Internet companies. It is just assumed that every company, regardless of the industry or stage of development, uses the Internet. There are no assets that exist without leveraging the Internet in some form or fashion. The default standard is a decentralized digital network that allows people to interact with each other in a superior way to the legacy structure. The same is going to happen with Bitcoin and crypto networks. And uh, I believe with all my heart, Anthony Pompliano is spot on here. So thanks again for taking the time to watch my video. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something. And uh, again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, I really would love to hear them. Appreciate it.